0: It's being called Britain's summer of strikes. Tens of thousands of workers across different sectors have walked off the job. They want better pay and conditions to combat record high inflation. Will businesses and government leaders meet their demands? I'm Laura Kyle, and you're listening to the Inside Story podcast, where we dissect, analyze and help define major global stories. Let's bring in our guests at this point. All of of them are joining us from London. We have Stephen Cotton. He's the General Secretary of the International Transport Workers Federation. Pushpin Singh is an economist at the Centre for Economic and Business Research. And Giles Kenningham is the founder of the public relations agency Trafalgar Strategy and former head of press at the UK Prime Minister's office from 2015 to 2016. A very warm welcome to all of you. Stephen, let's start by just just discussing why all these strikes are happening right now.
1: Thanks, Laura. I think, um, well, we've got an extraordinary situation. I think you mentioned in the in the presentation that transport workers, wherever they fit, rail, uh, dock workers, truck drivers, all did their part through the COVID period. And now we're hit with enormous levels of inflation, not seen for 40 years. And frankly, people are extremely worried about meeting their bills and their commitments, at a time where there's clearly a void of leadership in the politics in the UK and no ready solution. So, all of the cases you mentioned are actually strikes voted on by the workers themselves. So, I think the message to a global audience is workers have, have had enough. They did their part through COVID and now they recognize extreme increase in costs off the scale and they're asking for a, a just and fair, uh, equitable solution.
0: Pushpin, do you, do you agree with that, that workers, that people, the society at large is facing extreme rising costs and that this is an unworkable situation if it continues as it is?
2: Uh, for sure. Like I mentioned before, inflation is almost at a, definitely at a 40-year high mm. and is spiraling out of control. I think the most recent uh, gap uh, data on earnings as well shows real pay uh, decreasing by 3% uh, compared to the last year's quarter two. And that gap Uh, between inflation and uh, earnings have never been higher since records started two decades ago so definitely uh, a lot of it is spiraling spiraling out of control and a lot must be done to help households actually manage the bills and actually survive this cost of living crisis Mm.
0: charles where is the government in all of this there is a gap there people workers are feeling that they use strikes as last resorts they've tried to negotiate they don't feel they're getting anywhere why not I think it's
3: very difficult. You know, we are living through unprecedented times. You've just had the government offer, uh, you know, unprecedented package of intervention during COVID. We've got to pay that money back. They're just trying to get the economy back on on its feet. Now we've been hit by these sort of 40-year high of inflation, partly fueled by the war in Ukraine. So to some extent, they are between a rock and a hard place. We're going to have to pay for this at some point. Um, you know, and is affecting everybody across the board. But you know, if they do, I think give in to these demands, then you're going to have more pain down the line uh, across the board. You know, and it's not just uh, you know the public sector workers. Uh, people in the private sector uh, uh, are facing these challenges as well. Um, you know, and there isn't to coin a phrase a magic money tool. They can't just keep bailing everyone out. They've already. Uh, put a, put put out, they're going to put out a, I think it's a 400 pound package for households hit by the rising cost of energy in October. They've got also a number of one-off payments for different um, groups hit by uh, the surge in enterprises. So it's very difficult. But I mean, the politics of, of this are, I think at the moment, uh, public sentiment is probably with uh, the government, a lot of people can see that, you know, there are, you know, we've been going through these very difficult, difficult times and there is pain coming down the track. Of course, if this does spread and we have this almost unprecedented situation where, you know, as we talked about, the criminal barristers, could it hit the teachers, other public sectors walking out, then, you know, it is a political, a huge political danger spots uh for the government because at some point uh i suspect the public's patience will run out
0: mm. you raised a number of different points there that i want to pick up on one of them Stephen is saying public sentiment is with the government at the moment do you agree with that or do you believe that you've got the support of the general public
1: well i think um we probably move in different circles if i'm frank the reality is most people are very very concerned about meeting their bills so the public sentiment certainly from our experience with our affiliates unite rmt as so those are rail and and the felix so strike is that there's a lot of solidarity and um you know felix stowe has been one of the most successful ports the first strike in 30 years probably says it all there's been a very responsible approach to industrial action and the reality is, we, we, you know, the ideological comment, Giles, if you mind me picking you up, is give in to this. I think the reality is people see so much wealth accumulated in the top elements of our society, and we've heard all of these companies taking share dividends. These are extreme sets of circumstances. The cost of living is at a 40-year high. We need to look at this in a different way. Workers collaborated throughout the pandemic to keep those that are in the global supply chain to keep the world moving. We think and we believe that the the transport workers and today's workers should be shown the same level of respect in a moment of crisis. We should be looking at how do we come up with economic fiscal approach to help distribute the wealth. You cannot um, take so much money out of people's pockets per month and not expect a reaction. So for us, all the feedback we have, all the chat rooms that we're party to, have a look on Twitter. There is a very strong sense of injustice for people who feel that their money's being taken out of their pocket and they don't have any control over the situation.
0: Pushpin, what do you think of that? Do you agree that there is enough money to go around, that there is enough money to combat this situation in the UK right now, but it's just concentrated in the wrong places?
2: Uh, I think uh, definitely it's going to tax a lot on the government finances and the Treasury. Uh, as mentioned before, uh, a lot of spending was done during the COVID to help uh, a lot of workers, a lot of key workers, uh, pass- a lot of workers were distressed during COVID uh, to get through those times properly as part of the furlough team, uh, pandemic support, and whatsoever. Uh, now we are faced with the unprecedented inflationary environment where more spending needs to be done. Uh, it definitely, it's going to tax the Treasury a lot. And the... Is if there's going to be handouts or tax cuts, either way, it has to be financed by more borrowing, which already puts strain. So, is there a lot of money going around? Frankly, not really. Uh, but. A lot of cost-effective and a lot of uh, smart ways have to be thought of by the next government in terms of how this is going to be properly promulgated and implemented to help households.
0: I mean, Charles, some some would say that the Conservatives are not offering a solution. There's a number of reasons why people are saying the Conservatives are not offering solutions, not least the fact there's no clear leadership at the moment, but we'll get onto that in just a moment. But another reason, perhaps, is that vast public spending is simply not in the Tory DNA, and therefore uh, the the Conservatives find it very Difficult to propose more money to be offered to people?
3: Well, I mean, you're right, they are um low tax and they like less intervention. Having said that, you've had one of the most interventionist governments in, in recent history, what's happened, you know, in relation to COVID. As I said, they've intervened in terms of the energy price, uh, surging energy prices. But ideologically and fundamentally, what you'll see is if we do get a Liz Trust premiership, is they are against. windfall tax against the big oil companies they Mm. think uh in the in the long term it just damages the investment environment puts businesses off coming here what we need is a low tax uh you know environment which will attract businesses but also we have to be smarter about our energy sources about developing alternative energy sources and the energy companies have to think about how they can deliver lower cost um energy as well but i mean i come back to my point before i think there has been a lot of public spending, and this is the problem. There isn't unprecedented taps uh, of cash in the reserves. In the government, they're, huge, uh, they're servicing huge levels of debt, which have high rates of interest. So we're just storing up more pain in the long term. Unfortunately, there is no uh, there is no you know, easy solution to this. And this is something which is not just unique to the UK in terms of the surging energy crisis. This is something which is hitting uh, countries across Europe. I mean, it does underlie, I think, you know, one thing which has become apparent is there's been too much reliance on Russia mm. uh, for our energy, uh, and now we're paying the price for
0: that. Uh, Pushman, Charles says that there the, the, the has been intervention on the energy prices, and yet they are still rising, aren't they? I mean, they're still set to rise this winter. They've gone up from 1200 on average last year to £3,400. That's a huge rise for most people. Why... Are they not? Why can it not happen that the energy companies themselves are forced to charge less? That proper caps are put on prices. You
2: can do that. There's no, there's no say how in terms of uh, what can be done, what can't be done. The th- problem with that is putting a cap on prices to protect households. Yes, it will definitely, in, in terms of uh, alleviating the cost to households and especially lower income households, will definitely protect them from paying the. Extras, uh, the slated extra, in terms of slated rise, is supposed to happen in October and in January as well, where we can see energy price cap increasing to upwards of five thousand pounds. I think the most recent even came out at six thousand. Uh, we saw today, but putting the price cap also distorts, uh, putting a cap on the price cap itself actually distorts price signals, uh, by because by doing so, in a sense, households and consumers uh, won't be kind of wary about. How much their energy bills are increasing and with the same regular use that they're doing it now, uh doing as of now, and without seeing a kind of change in energy prices due to the cap, it distorts a lot of signals and adds a lot of uh fluctuations mm. and a lot adds a lot of uh knock on effects to the economy. So that has a very dangerous effect going forwards as well. So putting that cap is not Exactly feasible.
0: Okay, And Stephen, some would say that the strikes have knock-on effects to the economy as well. The critics would say that they cause a wage price spiral, of course, where rising wages would feed into this cycle of inflation. I think,
1: think, as we've seen in the past, industrial relations before COVID um, on many occasions have have found a a solution that's been satisfactory, both for, for private companies and for the government. The situation we have at the moment is a feeling that people are actually losing their purchasing power mm. at the same time of massive cost. Now, I think human nature is such that I think, particularly in the UK, a sense of what's fair. And there's a feeling at the moment that there are still large dividends coming out of what were state owned assets, um, including some of the energy companies, are making enormous amounts of money for people that are not able to put it back. And therefore the majority, I think the the study is, there's a number of studies, but Citibank perceives that we could be as high as, um, I think it's 14% at the end, uh, 12.2% by the end of the year, by Mm. 18.6 by January, 2023. With these numbers coming out, um, workers feel they have no choice but to stop and as we've said the UK has got very strong labor laws that require very um, uh, a big process of getting a majority to, to win the right to strike what we're seeing is immense support for these strikes from the workers and I would argue from from the society as a large. Because I think you know, and if we look at the situation, um, P&O ferries where so many workers were sacked and mm. caused such outrage, there's a feeling that um, big business can do what it likes, uh, and the government is kind of colluding with the process. So for for working men and women, the opportunity to withdraw their labour is frankly the last stand. Now we would actively through this process, not discourage business from coming to the UK, but also be in a position to encourage people back to the table. Everybody wants security in their jobs, fought to pay the bills um, and then be in a position to go to work and, and give, a, give, a, give a performance. I think if we just touch on the rail strike, that feels very heavily politically motivated. Um, and this hire and fire strategy that's been advocated by the transport minister, is aggravating the situation. If we were dealing with just cost issues and a recognition that we've got an unprecedented post-COVID situation, a 40-year high in costs, let's get back to negotiating and let's find a solution. Of course, um, you know, when the Bank of England comes out and says workers shouldn't ask for pay rises, I think that doesn't reflect the reality of the men and women in the uk and not just the uk as as joel said the, the rising cost is, is extremely high but the uk has one of the freest markets and with no caps um or caps being withdrawn or running out we're seeing a moment where people are very scared and you know let's just look at um the issue of barristers criminal barristers they are not the worst paid workers in the world even they're coming out on strike so yeah. i think we need to look How we deal with this, we need to find a constructive way to negotiate. We would encourage employers, government to sit down, recognise that this is an unprecedented moment, that solutions and confidence in workers and the businesses they work for is vital. Okay. uh, And not get uh, a long-term strike.
0: Let's just let Giles pick up on that. Stephen's saying people are scared. This is an unprecedented moment. Does where's the government in all this? Where's the leadership? We're seeing Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, on his second holiday of the summer. He seems to have signed off and just passed on all of this to whoever takes over. That's not happening until September the 5th. There's going to be a lot of damage potentially done between now and then. We're not seeing any policies announced by the two prospective candidates. Do you feel that there is, or would you agree, there is a lack of leadership?
3: I think you're right, there is a vacuum and it is a danger spot for the Conservative Party. To some extent, the problem facing Boris Johnson is because he's going to be out of number 10 in two weeks, it's probably not morally responsible to be taking decisions which the next Prime Minister then has to take on. So Mm. there is a sense of trying to do the right thing and defer things on. But to your point, we've got a situation which could start moving at breakneck speed and it is a danger point. Now, let's work on the assumption that if the polls are right, we're going to have a Liz Truss. Premiership is something that she's going to need to get to grips to very quickly, because if this does start spreading out a lot more, I mean, we're used to the sort of standard uh, sort of underground rail strikes often annually, but as it starts spreading out, if it does start spreading out, you know, criminal barristers, then you may see public patients, uh, the public lose their patients, uh, uh And, you know, then the government is going to be in a real danger spot because whatever the rights and the wrongs of the situation, people will, at that point, I think, if it does happen, start to blame the governments. They're going to need to find and come in with some kind of solution or some kind of way to break the deadlock uh, uh, and the impasse. You know, I think historically often when these strikes have been confined to the rail network, people are, you know, it, it hasn't really damage the government's stature and standing but this has the potential to be very different and certainly unprecedented during my my lifetime mm. i think you know in relation to the rail sets, a lot of people sort of say well you know you often people say this is just going to accelerate the movement towards more automation driverless trains obviously yeah. a lot of people were working from home during mm. covid so they sort of say well i can take the one-off strikes but if it does spread and becomes the norm then yeah incredibly problematic with all the other backdrops, the UK looking like it's heading into recession, cost of living crisis, it could be the perfect storm for the new Prime Minister uh, and be a gift to Labour Party.
0: Absolutely. Pushpin, what sort of solution do you think England, Britain needs?
2: Definitely uh, a lot more targeted solutions in terms of what can be done and what can be not to at least alleviate the cost of living crisis. Uh, What... Uh, What we said before about the perfect storm is definitely a perfect description of what's happening to the UK right now in terms of uh, external factors concerning supply-side shocks, including the war in Ukraine. You've got rising energy prices previously and initially due to uh, kind of suppressed supply uh, and now due again to energy commodity inflation. And top of that, you've got a cost of living crisis as well. And uh, that is going to be followed with uh, economic downturn, as we can see through Q2's figures, we saw a 0.1% contraction, and it's very likely that the UK is going to recession. Uh, And I think the priority should be to be helping households and lower income, especially lower income households, in Mm. terms of trying to deal with this whole idea, of this whole phenomenon of a downturn, along with soaring prices. Uh, And definitely, uh, uh, there's a lot of things coming into play right now in terms of how you can't distort price signals at the same time helping households while at the same time, once more, uh, managing the books, which is what the ex-transfer actually did, uh, was trying to do as part of his primary uh, motivations. Uh, a lot of targeted handouts would be required and a lot of effective and timely measures have to be, uh, are required as well, but uh, clearly that's not the case right now, given the whole idea of a vacuum and we still have yet to see who's yet uh, to come into the hot seat mm. in two weeks, but yeah.
0: Uh, absolutely, I mean, that, that would be a big, uh Point as well. Stephen, just lastly, what happens if these strikes don't bring about the pay rises that workers are demanding?
1: Well, I think there's a feeling, certainly uh, across all sectors in the UK labour movement, that cooperation and collaboration about what the, the message is and what the challenges are. So I think we're going to see more challenges when it comes to workers voting for strike action until we start to see some constructive settlements these issues about um and and of course the rail strike gets the the biggest profile but there's a lot in that package it's not just money it's about changing the way the rail industry works i think we need to get um people back into into moving and mm. transport is critical of that i think the situation which we've seen is in the private sector lots of lots of of really big returns in the container markets, in the supply chain, but let's not forget supply chains driven by demand. And if you don't give people money to spend and they're worried about one their jobs and meeting their bills, how are we gonna drive the economies? We perceive that there will be a recession and again, we'll need to drive out of that. So I think unions, workers, I certainly feel And let's be clear, this rail strike is far from over. Um, There is a solidarity across different categories of workers. And as I say, it's unprecedented.
0: We're going to have to to leave it there. Sorry, Apologies for jumping in there, Stephen. But uh, we are going to have to leave it there. And many thanks for joining us to all of our guests today. Stephen Cotton, Pushpin Singh and Giles Kenningham. That's it for the Inside Story podcast. This episode was produced by Calvin Ng, Cara Legg, Fungi Nguyen and Paul Taylor. Studio sound was by Deepak Pushkaran. The program was edited by George Joseph, Lynn Nguyen and Joe DeFrias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening and we'll be back again on Tuesday.